Well, we have spent some time this month uh, talking about this idea of enough, of having enough, of being enough, and of realizing that God is enough as well. We started off talking about uh, using the, this idea of the pumpkin who was trying to uh, add on to himself all these uh, extra things to try and make himself more and better of a pumpkin, but he re- eventually realized that he was a pumpkin no matter what. And then we talked about how generosity is kind of like when we allow God to scoop us out from the inside and remove the materialism and junk and greed and pour us out in gifts of love and service to others that then plant seeds and grow in others and multiply. And then uh, last week we talked again about, um, you know, that one thing we talked about last week. Um, oh, shoot. Well, um, at any rate, today we're going to talk about cultivating contentment. And for me, what comes to my mind on, on this front is that uh, when it comes time to carve the jack-o'-lantern, you know, I, I have to research and find the, the most difficult design I could possibly do. You know, I, I'm not happy with the, the, the simple jack-o'-lantern. Uh, show, should go ahead and show that one, Linda. Uh, go ahead and show that first. Yeah, see? Nice, simple jack-o'-lantern. Like, you know, that's, that's not good enough. You know, I've got to go something more along these lines here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, here's the problem. It, the, the simple jack-o'-lantern always lasts longer than the complicated one. No matter how, and I'll spend hours doing this thing and, and carving it out and making it look perfect and, and adding this and correcting that and never quite satisfied with the end product. And then I'll finally get to a point where I'm like, okay, put the light in it and stick it outside. And like three days later, it's completely like falling apart and molded and, and just, you know, it, it doesn't last as long. It doesn't have the staying power. I think there's uh, something to be said there that if we can just be content with the simple, that that has a lot longer staying power, a lot longer uh, breadth and depth than trying to go super complicated. And yet we make our lives super complicated. We allow our lives to be bred with discontent with the things that we have. Now, John Wesley said that we're always going on toward perfection. That by God's grace, God is always making us new and encouraging us to take the next step and to move forward. God wants us, I think, in some ways to be discontent with who we are in terms of the fact that we we can always learn and grow just a little bit more or allow God to help us learn and grow just a little bit more. There's always something around the corner. There's always more wisdom that we could glean. There's always greater depths in God's mercy that we can plumb. But more often than not, we're content with our spiritual lives. God wants us to be discontent with the way the world is. God wants us to be discontent with injustice, with evil, with different forms of oppression. It's in our baptismal vows. But we're often 
not discontent with those things. Adam Hamilton, in his book, Enough, says this. The problem is that we tend to be content with our involvement in pursuing justice in the world. We tend to be content with our level of righteousness, sometimes being self-righteous. We tend to be content with how much we love others. We tend to be content with our relationship with God. We tend to be content with how often we read the Bible and pray. Generally, we are satisfied with those things that deserve more of our time and attention. We're discontent with the stuff we have. We're discontent with the jack-o'-lantern. But we're not discontent with the ways in which God is trying to work in our lives. We're not content to just sit and be with God. The philosopher James McIntosh says, It is right to be content with what we have, but never with what we are. We're contented with the things that God doesn't want us to be content with, and we're discontent with the things that God doesn't want want us to be discontent with. We've got it all backwards and mixed up in our heads. So that brings us to Paul. And Paul says, I have learned to be content in any and all circumstances. How is this? Why is this? Because it is Jesus who gives him strength to endure all things, and Jesus who walks with him in all things. See, I think that if we can learn how to let God cultivate contentment within us and couple that with the generosity of spilling ourselves out in service and love to others by God's grace, that that is ultimately the secret to joy. Bring, bring that last slide up there, Linda. Contentment plus generosity equals joy. If we can realize that we have enough, and if we can give and give of ourselves, what we'll find is the more that we give, and the less we worry about the stuff we have, the more joy we will have. So again, Adam Hamilton comes up with four keys to contentment. And those four keys are this. Uh, You can go ahead and take that down. Remember that it could be worse... So, uh, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, or whatever it is that you think you're discontent with, realize it could be worse. (laughs) You know, that job that you're not so happy with, your hours could be worse, your pay could be worse, your boss could be worse, maybe not, I don't know. It could be worse. And then... Sometimes if you just say that to yourself, it kind of helps you realize what you do have. It helps you appreciate what you do have and be thankful for what you do have. And that leads us to the next one. Develop a grateful heart. You know, one of the things that I've learned is you can talk yourself into being content. You can talk yourself into gratefulness. That if you'll just simply start to say out loud or write down the things that you're thankful for or grateful for, you will begin to garner a greater appreciation for life. 
for your spouse, for instance, if you were to sit down and list all the things that you love about them and happier about them and uh, are grateful for in them, it fosters love within you. Often I think it go, we think that it goes the other way around, that you've got to have these feelings in order to better love somebody. But sometimes if you just start manufacturing the feelings, the love will come. If you simply sit down and recognize what you already have, it helps you realize what you've got. The other, another thing you can do is to ask yourself, when you're making that purchase that you just got to have, how long will this make me happy? How long will this jack-o'-lantern last? Is it really worth having the complicated design, realizing that it's only going to last a couple of days? (laughs) How long will this make me happy? And then finally, the last one, I think is the most important one. Where does my soul find true satisfaction? Where am I most deeply my true self? Where does my soul ultimately find its hope and rest? I think we all know, just as Paul said, that it's through Christ and in Christ, in our relationships with God. Cultivating contentment. 